0: Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Laquita Parks, your host of My Heart on Pages. And we are here this morning with my special guest, Robert Brooks. And Robert Brooks is the author of rock bottom and words of meaning. Good morning, Robert Brooks. Good morning, how are you all? Good, 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 good. good. Thank you so much for being here this morning. So tell us, tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about you.
1: Uh, First of all, my name is Robert Brooks. (laughs) I've been been around a few years. and, uh, that's about it.
0: So that's all, that's all you want the listeners to know that you've just been around a few years.
1: Yeah. That's all they need to know.
0: That's all they need to know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so I have a book here that you've written called words of meaning. And so words of meaning, does that mean you're a man of few words or, or, or if you're saying words, they need to mean something.
1: Uh, Basically, uh, that was the idea, is that, uh, for the most part, from a male perspective, men spew out a lot of words. uh, And nine times out of 10, especially when we're Mm -hmm. in the uh, arena of what we call love. Mm -hmm. And and men do a lot of what we call rapping to women. only women back in the day, but that's no story. Uh, and so, when they use those uh, flowery words, as they may call them, they are loaded words, but they are empty words. They have no meaning. And so, uh, being one used to be one of those
0: guys, player thought, from the Himalayas, player. Were you, Mr. Brooks? Were you a player, player from the Himalayas?
1: Player, player that laid
0: the foundation of the Himalaya. Oh wait, now so did you create the little black book? I
1: created the little black book. How you <laughs> know you must have one and been reading it? Okay, all right.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I may have read a black book a few uh, or two in my day. May have, yeah. may have, may have created and written a couple in my day too. But that was a long time ago. Like you said, another story for another day.
1: That's the amen.
0: Play. Yes. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I,
1: normally, when I write something that I'm proud of, which is very seldom, it's because it was a a thought at the moment. Uh, it wasn't necessarily something that I contemplated over a long period of time or a short period of time. Uh, and I don't know what inspired the words of meaning other than what I, I uh just say with the introduction, uh, but nevertheless, I sat down one morning at my uh, computer, and for some unknown unre- reason, the word, the thought came up, words of meaning, and uh, I-, I want to put it on the Bible, because most of my writing is inspired by the Bible, where <laughs> Jesus says that for every hour word we shall give an account of Mm-hmm. Let your be yea and your nay be nay. Okay. And so it's possible that it came from that thought. And I just thought about words of meaning. And one of the uh, phrases that is meaningless to men is, I love you. Mm. Okay. Uh, they, they, are, they are words, well, they are regurgitated words uh, that they never ingested and made it a part of their uh, cerebral cortex, mm. the context of what love actually means. And so,
0: so, so I'm I'm sorry. Let me ask you a question. So you're so if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying um, to 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 a lot of men, most men, the words "I love you" uh, have the same meaning as "I'm hungry." Maybe a little less. I want to
1: eat <laughs> or bye. <I'm> Goodbye. <laughs> Hunger has a real, definitely personal meaning to it.
0: Okay. So, I so, so, you, so it's yes. just like the, it's just like saying words and the, and you're driving down the highway and the windows open. So you're saying whatever's coming out of your mouth is flying right out of the window. It has that absolutely no substance to it.
1: Right. It has, it has no substance. Uh, uh, I'm hungry. Uh, Emanates from a real, live feeling. Okay, I love okay. you from the lips of a man, just vain babbling.
0: Ah, because it's something that they want.
1: Right, right, right. Uh, okay, and and they know that females love to hear the words "I love you," even without the actions to back them up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Until you grow okay. up. Until you grow up. Right. <laughs> right. They, they, mean, they mean something to the female, mm-hmm. but they don't mean anything to the male. Uh, and many men say it because they know that's what the female wants to hear.
0: So I guess so, when I guess when Tina Tina Turner came out with her with her song, What's Love Got to Do With It, that kind of shattered a lot of the <laughs> they kind of made women stand up and take a look with with all that relationship with that stuff with uh Ike and Tina she was like what's love got to do with it so now you got to come better than I love you
1: right right that that, that needs to be some some backup that it, it, it has to come from from the heart of uh of real realization mm-hmm. it just can't be words that flow from your lips that you regurgitated. uh from what you have heard other men say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, so, and so that's what we do with the I love you uh, mantra, is that it comes from that, that concept. Uh, Jesus put it this way, uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. Mm-hmm. He says that there's something that goes along with you loving me. and There's is, a requirement. Right. Not
0: only uh, communication, but demonstration. Mm. So let me read a, let me read a little piece out of your book and it's a short book. So if you want to, if you're listening and you want to purchase the book, words of meaning is found, you can, you can purchase it on Amazon. Uh, it says, I love you to the, to the ears of a woman is the sound of hope. She does not fully accept the words, but it gives her something to hope for and a future that she desires. She will accept the words without comment momentarily, but she will wait to see if the statement will materialize into fruit worthy of heart consumption. Oh boy. Ooh, that's 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 pretty deep right there. I like the fact that you said momentarily, which means she might be caught up in the I love you for just a moment. And and it might be a long moment where he's coming and he's showing the I love you, but then there's gotta be something more. I love you, won't pay the bills. I love you, won't keep the lights on. I love you, won't put food on the table. So there's gotta be a little bit something more.
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, and and I I say it momentarily is, is because depending on the stage and age of the woman, she has heard those words before. Mm -hmm. Now, if she's new to the game, 14, 15, 16, you know, teenager, she may not have heard them before. Mm -hmm. And if she had, in that age group, they just suck it all up because it sounds like someone that really cares about about you. Mm -hmm. They have heard their mom say, I love you so much. And then mom demonstrates it. And when this Person with words without meaning comes along and says to that teen, it has the same meaning. Mm-hmm. But it does not mean that for for the uh, matured woman. Mm-hmm. So when a player says to a matured woman, I love you, she accepts it momentarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I mean by that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: because she said, Let me put this to the side. I heard this line before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lying mm-hmm. uh, before, mm-hmm. and so uh, she puts it to the side, and and momentarily, uh, she thinks about what he has said, and then she watches his action. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: mm-hmm. That's why I use the word momentarily. She said, "What's the next lie gonna be? Let's see." So, yeah, so, so, how did you? What what made you start writing? I know I've known you for a while, and I know that you like to write. Or do you like to write or you just write? Some people, like some people read. I, I read because I'm a publisher. So I read for, for work, but I do enjoy reading. So do you, have you always liked to write?
1: Oh, uh, I think that I I uh, was motivated to write by my mom. My mom used to be a poet writer. Mm-hmm. And when she was, well, real young, a uh, teenager, 20s, 30s, and uh, and I would I would love to read her her poems. I didn't know what they meant at that time. You know, being a little boy a few years ago, uh, <laughs> you don't necessarily know exactly what everything means. And so uh, I would read her poem. I, I think I remember one uh, that uh, she wrote, and she said, uh, I think it was called Life. And, and uh, in that poem, she had three alliteration words, three words that started with D. She said, I think the first one was distracted, disillusioned and dispel."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and what she was writing that poem from, like everybody I think, was from her life as a, uh, a child, Bride mm-hmm. at, at uh, fourteen, and a child mother at fifteen, mm-hmm. and she had struggled uh, throughout the the uh, the process, and so she wrote from that struggle and that pain, and, and I and I think, like I said, that most people write from a, either a struggle or pain or uh, they've been disillusioned, uh, distracted, and deceived. And so they write these poems. Uh, we see that in a lot of uh, songs, uh, especially in country music. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because country music uh, is that they start out with uh, they lost their baby, the dog left, and then when you turn it around, uh, their baby came back. the dog did too, and now they're happy, but nevertheless <laughs> the point thing is that that that's what motivated me
0: uh mm-hmm. now
1: now, I wasn't motivated to write right away I think it 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 came later on in life uh where I start having a continuity to my writing, that is to do it more often mm-hmm. than in the past and so uh so that that's basically the foundation for me uh wanting to write. And then as I as I matriculated through uh maturity and knowing and reading the Bible more and studying it more, then I was motivated to write things that that I would put a spin on what happens in life and make it a biblical subject. Okay. Okay. So uh, now, mind you, to this day, I still don't call myself an author. I call mm-hmm. myself a writer. Okay. Let me, let me explain. From my premise, a writer is the person who has a bestseller on a New York Times list for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, me, that's an author. Well, that might not be... What everybody else think that an author is, but otherwise, I'm just
0: writing. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, I, I, well, just just so you know, you have you have two published books. You have published uh, articles in newspapers. You have two published books. You have you have made money off your books. You have sold books, and people know about you. So guess what? We call that an author. Now, it may not be on the New York Times bestseller list because you haven't sold 10,000 copies of the book. So that's the difference. But you are, Mr. Brooks, an author. So speaking of, speaking of um, biblical concepts and biblical um, narratives, um, let's talk about your second book, Rock Bottom. You know, uh, Rock Bottom is one of my favorite books. And I remember... You know, um, so I've known Mr. Brooks for a long time, and I remember he used to send these emails and they used to be called notties or nuggets of truth to inspire or now nuggets of wisdom. And I remember you sending these these emails um, and the subject was rock bottom. And all I knew, I didn't know this was years ago. I was just taking the emails and putting them all in one place. Um, So I took them all and I put them into a Word document. I didn't realize at the time that what I was actually doing was formatting your book. And so um, I remember putting the book together and doing a self-published book just so you can see what it would look like in book format. And you were like, nope, nope, uh uh-uh, not publishing that. So it took how many years for me to convince you to actually let me publish this. And um, and I didn't mention, for those of you who you guys already know, uh, I'm the owner of Paypro-V Publishing and Paypro-V is Pain, Progress, Victory. So I help people take their stories from a thought to a realization. So I finally convinced you to let me publish Rock Bottom. So tell us, um, Mr. Brooks, tell us a little bit about Rock Bottom. What is this book about?
1: Oh. Rock bottom, for the most part, uh, was motivated uh, by three parables that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 15. And the parable was showing the importance of a a person or something being lost. There's the, the, the parable of the coin, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. Now, I have to admit that sometimes we take parables far beyond the theological concept. Yes, we do. and, uh, And what all Jesus is trying to do in the parables is to show how important each person is. And he starts with something innate, which is a sheep. Well, the sheep is not innate to the shepherd. That sheep is very important. So important that in the parable, Jesus said that this shepherd left 99 sheep that stayed at home to go look for the one that was lost.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then a widow uh, had a mite, which was like a penny. Nevertheless, because she was a widow and didn't have any males around to, care for her, that penny was as important as Jeff Bezos billions. And so uh, she brought her friends and family in and neighbors to help look for that one penny. Mm-hmm. And I know it must have been at night. It was so important that they had to light lamps to look for the penny. And 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 therefore it was very important to her. Now we know Jeff Azo wouldn't look for a penny uh, in the daylight uh, right. with the sun in his pocket. But nevertheless, the point being is that she it was very important to her. And then we have a human, a son who leaves home to go to the cities with the city with the bright light mm-hmm. and it broke his father's heart. Each one of those persons, the shepherd, the widow, and the father's heart was broken because they were attached to that which was personal Mm -hmm. to them. And so now the the sheep has no consciousness about a relationship between him and the shepherd. The corn has no uh, consciousness about the relationship uh, with the widow, but the father and the son has a relationship consciousness. And therefore, there is pain uh, when the son leaves home. And then in the process of time, the son hit rock bottom. He was as low as he could go. And, uh, and he didn't know anywhere else to go, but unlike the coin and the sheep, he did know where home was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the the father did not have to come looking for him. Uh, But the son found his way back home once he hit rock bottom. So that's basically what motivated uh, uh, that, that, uh, to write that because, and there was a lot of people in life uh, that I have known uh, and still know uh, that have hit rock bottom in life. And, and all of us, because of sin in the world, have been at rock bottom. It may not have been to the level that the lost son was, but on some level, it's rock bottom. When a man uh, used words of meaning to a woman for years and, and, and he marries her and he abuses her, and then eventually he leaves after 20 years that's a rock bottom relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so 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 all rock bottoms have the same
0: thing in common
1: it is hard at rock bottom
0: it's hard at rock bottom let me share this uh, this this with you from from the book uh, we live in a world that is crumbling around us the richter scale of problems and pain is off the chart When a nation decides to push God out, the door is left open for a life built on a seven plus one foundation from Luke 1125. When the Lord is waiting for someone you love at the bottom of their situation, every time you intercept them from hitting rock bottom, you delay their meeting with God and themselves. Sometimes people end up lost because of our attempts to save them. As the prodigal son came to himself at the bottom of his situation, so it is with some people in our lives. Where is your meeting with God scheduled? I've had my share of meetings with the Lord at rock bottom, not comfortable, but sometimes necessary. Pray that the Lord doesn't set up a meeting with you at rock bottom. If you can help it, be willing to meet him elsewhere. Rock bottom is a modern day story from the biblical parable of the prodigal son, just like the prodigal son, God has provided a way for us to come to ourselves and return back to him. I like that. Um, You know, sometimes we, and and sometimes we don't realize that we're at rock bottom until it's too late. Sometimes we can't, we can't uh, rebound. You got the book right there in your hand, hold it up so the people can see it. All right. All right. So, Mr. Brooks, there are there are with everything going on in this world, we got the we have we have the pandemic, this virus, that virus, sickness, um, the vaccine to vaccinate, not to vaccinate. You got children who have run amok, but, you know, children have been run amok for a long time and you have everything is just in chaos. So sometimes the 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 there's such a spiral that people don't know if they're spiraling up or spiraling down. So what do you say what 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 is your um your what advice would you give if there's somebody who because you know I I believe that writing is therapeutic and it gives one the opportunity to get whatever is going on, whatever junk is going on on the inside it gives them the opportunity to get it out. So you said you started writing, uh, you were motivated to to write from reading your mother's writings, but you also said that it it took a while. Um, Why did it take so long for you to actually um, get get your written stuff out there for other people to to benefit from?
1: Well, uh, I guess I can say that I was selfish. Okay. I I enjoyed writing, uh, but I didn't necessarily want to share my writing because of my narcissism. Uh, It had to uh, underline it. It had to. It had to uh, make an impact on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, I've only written two pieces that I. I think just two that I'm real proud of. Maybe a third one.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. One was uh, it's it's a poem called "Your Scent." Every time I read that, I get chilled. Mm -hmm. Uh, That one. Too bad that Luther is
0: not still around. I would have let him put that to music. (laughs) (laughs) I would have had Luther to use his ballads, his voice ballads, to turn it into a song, huh? Yeah. So can you can you can you share now? I know a lot of people write poetry and they memorize some of their poetry. I've I've written poetry too, but I don't memorize it. I can I I can I have to read from it. Do you can you memorize some of that? Can you can you share some of that with us? Uh, I, I
1: think I I think I can re- remember some of it, but like you say, it, it's very it's very difficult to try to remember. Uh, your poetry.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Especially as old as that uh, piece is, uh, it's over 10 years old.
0: So if it was so good that Luther could have made a song from it, you don't remember any of it?
1: It's 15 years old. Okay. Uh, All right. let Let me see. Your scent. The fragrance of your body can only be defined by the divine. Your aroma is like a bulk a bouquet of divine scents, for my pleasure it was sent. Your body is sweet, is a sweet smell of delight combined in the heavenly light. Your body scent so sweet to my smell invades my body's every cell. Enchantment fills my mind with your sweetness and my thoughts with thankfulness. A broad denaggian fascination of joy and enthrallment inundates my soul. When I'm filled with your body's scent, like a hillside of aroma, drip from the Father above. Your body exudes fragrance that I love.
0: Hi, right. all right, Valentine's coming up, y'all. Y'all might want to reach out to Mr. Brooks and ask if y'all can borrow that poem for y'all loved ones. <laughs> Romantic, and and but I but but you know what? It's it, and I like that your heavenly scent so. That can be it, it you can kind of go a lot of places with that, yeah, 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 so uh I, and now uh now what what
1: motivated that? I, I'm not sure uh I, I think that that was a that was a a long time ago, a female fragrance fragrance that was invented by one of those famous people that invent fragrance. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it came the, the, the lotion was pink and it came in a pink bottle. I don't even remember the name but I was in Macy's one day and uh, this lady said do you want to buy this for someone special? I said I don't know nobody special but me is it a male or female? She said it's female. I said well I can't buy it because I'm not a switch hitter." But nevertheless, uh, she said, uh, would you like to smell it? And uh, she said, I won't put it on you. I'll put it on this uh, little card she had. And I smelled that thing, and it was magnificent. Mm -hmm. And the first thing thought that came to my mind was your scent. Why, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I didn't say my scent, a scent, whatever scent. I just thought, your scent. Maybe because and, it was a
0: feminine fragrance?
1: Yes, and, and I understood from the, the salesperson that it, it's, it was like fingerprints. I'm trying to think of the name as I talk. Uh, like, every person that wears that, it, it, ha- it mixes with their body chemicals and d- gives a different scent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If, one billion women wore it, it would be one million different cents. I couldn't <clears> understand <throat> that because uh, I hadn't thought about it at the time, but that we are all fearful and wonderfully made. And maybe yeah. that's why each woman would give a different cent. Yeah. And so uh, I left, but I decided to come back. I thought about somebody that might be as worthy as I am that I could buy it for.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so uh, I went back and
0: I bought it. And then that's the end of that story. I won't go any further. Okay. All right. Some things you have to lead to the imagination. Wow. So, you know, I, I thought it was funny as I was, as I was looking through and, and preparing for our interview today, uh, I said, I was, I wonder if there are any songs um, called rock bottom and, you know, I like music and I know you love music. And I came across this song by Babyface um called rock bottom. Have you ever heard it? it's 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 so funny uh and i know your book is about the parable of the um the prodigal son but you know when we're at rock bottom you know when when we and and it, and it goes in hand in hand with words of meaning when when we feel like the love that we think we have has walked away from us we think we are at rock bottom we can't eat we can't sleep we cry through the night trying to figure it out and then of course after 21 days, we're okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to play a little bit of this song and tell me what you think as we get ready to close this interview. Um, but it's called Rock Bottom, and uh, I do not own the rights to this music. I do not own the rights to this song. This is a, a little excerpt from Babyface. No, this song. this song Oh, ain't nobody got no dial tones no more. <laughs> Talk about words and meaning. out he said he know he done some wrong but he ain't never hit rock bottom to the day she put him out now is that somebody with some words of meaning begging to get back in I mean,
1: he, he's begging like Tyrone Davis.
0: <laughs> I just want to change my mind. I know. He's like, okay, he didn't say I love you, but he was showing sure enough begging. He said he yeah. never hit rock bottom to the day she put him out, but he know he did wrong. I know I did some wrong. Well, Mr. Brooks, it has been a plump, pleasing pleasure, better than a triple deck of peanut butter and jelly sandwich. having you here. to to interview with me today and this is our new podcast and you are our second guest for my hearts on pages and I am so grateful that you took the time to share your hearts on pages Uh, if you are interested in purchasing these books you can purchase them they're both available on Amazon words of meaning and rock bottom by Mr. Robert Brooks and Mr. Brooks, do you have anything you want to share with us before we say goodbye?
1: I, I just wanted to say that uh, I found it strange that when you talked about the love of a person's life walking out on them, they can't eat, sleep, or think. You know, that's the very same thing they uh, say when they are uh, in love. I can't eat. I think about y'all, Jack, Casey. that It is ironic that it turns out to be the
0: same way, God, going or coming. <laughs> you know what that makes i never thought about that you know baby i love you can you talk to me let me get to know you let me take you out and wine and dine you and then when it's gone when it's going when it's getting over baby i love you i can't eat i can't sleep let me take you out and wine and dine you so you know i love you and forgive me for all the things i've done so that i've never thought about that you know what coming and coming as they say coming and going yeah right Coming <laughs> one, thank you so much, Mr. Brooks, for being here. Um, we will this episode will air on Monday, and we are so grateful. So I am Laquita Parks. I am your host of My Hearts on Pages, owner of Paper V Publishing. If you have a story, and I know that you do, because one hundred percent of everybody living and dead has a story, reach out to me. Let me help you take your story from a thought to a realization. And I can be reached at www.payprovipublishing. publishing. That's ww.pa publishing.com Until next time, be good.